So welcome back to another episode of Nomad Neek's Lifestyle. Today we have our very, very special guest on the podcast, and that is my mother. So she is currently at home in Canada, and she has been there throughout this crazy pandemic. Um, started a few business ventures of her own but today we are going to talk mostly about how she felt when i decided to start the journey of traveling and moving abroad for an undetermined amount of time so we'll get into that a little bit into the podcast but first why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself Hi, Nicole. Hi, Neeks. I'm Jan to all of your listeners. A lot of people call me Spicy Jan, but I'm your mom. So I'm Jan or mom. I live in a very small rural community in Ontario, Canada. And I'm really excited to be here today to share some of my mom ideas on how it felt when my daughter, Nicole, and you know her as Nomad Neeks, decided to live around the world. Hey, Nicole, so good to be here with you. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so we will get right into it. Um, So first of all, starting at the very beginning, how did you feel when I first mentioned that I wanted to go abroad, move abroad? I remember, I don't remember your reaction specifically, but I do remember um, your sister. I think it was Christmas, <laughs> and I don't know if you remember this. It was Christmas, and I think I brought it up at their house in Montreal, and I was kind of debating between China or Korea, and she was like, oh, don't go to Korea because uh, I know someone who went abroad there and they got a virus and died. And I was just like, well, this doesn't really want to be telling the world what I'm thinking about doing because everyone has their own experiences and that I don't want that to like bias where I go, which it didn't yeah. in the end. But so what was your initial reaction? When I- well, you know, I don't remember that for sure. But um, I remember when you started taking your certification to be able to go into the profession that would take you abroad. And I think I knew in the back of my mind that this was a possibility. But as your mom, you know, you were studying and you were studying at home while you were working. And I was thinking, she's not going to leave here. It's so comfortable. She's got her nice room. And so I was super proud when you passed that accreditation, but when you actually started talking about recruiters and countries, I was like, gulp, I think she might actually be going. So I think I knew it was there and I knew that was your end goal, but you know, as your mom, the realization that you would actually leave your comfortable space here in rural nowhere, Ontario, uh, I didn't, I think maybe I just was in denial thinking that you would actually really go. So when you walked out of your room, I do remember the night when you walked out of your room and said, 
hey, I've got a place that uh, I've been recruited to and I had this really great interview and they really want me and oh, I'm so excited. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. And I remember your dad's reaction. He was not really on board with it. I think he's still in a bit of denial that he lives so far away. But um, yeah, like it was just, it, it really was a bit um, hard to believe that you would just pick up all the pieces and go and live somewhere else. When, you know, we have a comfortable life here. And so it's hard to think like, why would someone want to leave what we have? And so wrapping my head around just all of it was pretty, uh, pretty difficult, but it was, it was in the distance, right? So I think when you first told us, and then when you actually left was about six, seven, eight months. So it was in the distance. So it was easy to pretend perhaps it wasn't really going to happen. <laughs> But so it wasn't my first time going abroad because I had gone abroad for like four months in university and you came with me to oh, yeah. go abroad to Ljubljana. Mm. So it wasn't my first time going abroad. So did that no, no. make you feel a bit better maybe because I had done it before? Yeah, I guess so. But remember, so when you went to Slovenia, and I think for any of your listeners where, you know, they're university students thinking about doing an international term, like, I feel like that was such a cool experience. But what gave me the peace of mind as a, a mom, when you did that experience was that I went with you. So I very strategically in my mom kind of love of travel way said like, hey, Nicole, I'm going to come with you. And um, that was freaking amazing. Remember, we were in London and Heathrow. I remember the shopping at Heathrow Airport, like it was way above my budget, but it was so cool to be there. And then in Slovenia, we were walking the streets, eating at the chocolate shop and having fresh pasta every day. And oh my gosh, that was so cool to travel with you and then leave you there. And I had the peace of mind as a mom to be able to leave you there because I sort of felt the environment. I already knew like my daughter will be fine. She'll be safe. She can navigate because I went with you, which was totally so fun. So this was a little bit different because I had to let go, right? And you were in your early 20s and I knew you were capable and competent, but that's part of being mom is being able to cut those strings to say like, holy cow, she really wants to go and live in another spot in the world. And I'm just putting her on a plane and not going. So that's kind of a hard nut to swallow because I, you were going to the unknown. And for me as your mom, I also, um, you know, that unknown was there for me. But thank God for the cell phone where you could find some Wi-Fi and be like, I'm now in this location. I'm on my layover. I remember when you came home from, I think it was Slovenia. Yeah. And you traveled home alone from Slovenia because I had traveled with you there and you had a stopover in Germany. And I was just like, oh God, please, please, please let her contact me when she gets to Germany. And you were like, hey, I'm in Germany. 
I'm in my hotel, just having dinner and catch some snooze before I catch my next flight. And it was like, I remember that moment. And I was like, she can do it. She is good. Everything's okay. She's fine. Yes, she can. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. So when I decided obviously to move to China, what were your like initial concerns that you had with it like being China and you never haven't been there and just everything? Yeah, I didn't, I don't think for me it was necessarily where you were going. I think it was how far you were going. And I remember when, what really freaked me out was when you had to get this vaccination. You didn't have to get this one vaccination, but you got the vaccination in case you did some other traveling and it cost you a pretty penny. Right? It was like five. Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's got to get a vaccination because she might die. Well, this is now a whole nother scope thinking like fast forwarding five years and where we're at in the world right now. But you know, there was just some different markers that I was like, holy, but I think in my heart of hearts, Nick, I thought that you would just be going for a year because that was kind of what you talked about. I thought, well, you know, I'm going to have a hard time putting her on the plane. I'm going to cry like a baby, but which I did. But then, um, you know, we're in an era, you lived away from home for four years while you were in university. And, you know, I think that being able to stay connected to you through the phone and WhatsApp and Messenger and the different um, uh, voice apps that it gave me some peace of mind. It was just putting you on the plane into an unknown and then not being able to talk to you probably for the next 24 to 36 hours as a parent it's just like like I hope she's okay I wonder where she is and but you were so awesome as soon as you caught wi-fi you know I said it's my job to worry about you so just let me know where you are and you were really awesome about that so I was okay once I heard from you so going back to what you just said a few minutes ago you were like you thought it was only going to be a one-year thing. And I think that's because I was like working um, at a dental office at the time. And I had to tell him that I was going to leave. And I kind of put it out as like a one-year thing. And then I'll be back to, you know, Mm -hmm. him and to come home. But so what do you think about that? Because I think for me, my end goal was for it to like not be a one-year thing. If all Mm. well and if it worked out then like I didn't really plan on wanting to come back because it was just kind of like a life that I already I knew exactly what I would be doing if I came back to Canada but so what did you think you thought it was just a one-year thing and what what were your and then what what did you think when I said oh actually I'm going to stay another year oh actually (laughs) (laughs) oh another year another year (laughs) Well, you know what, Nicole, like we're in a different era, right? When I grew up, you were, you were expected to, you know, finish school, high school, university, whatever it was that you, you know, your family could afford and, um, and then get married and have babies and, and sort of just live this quiet life. So that was what was expected of my era. And so 
you know, I'm pretty forward thinking and I knew that that wasn't really what, oh, hello, that wasn't really what you were wanting. So, and I think that travel bug, Nicole, that travel bug, I'll deviate and ask you a question. Do you think you caught it when you went to Slovenia? Do you think that's something changed for you then? You realized there was more yeah. life? I came home from Slovenia early because I kind of wanted to be with my friends in university and all that. So I came home early. And then I remember coming home from Slovenia and I was like, yeah, I'm never traveling again. I was like, it was great and it was fun, but I don't think I'm ever traveling again. So then hmm. I kind of like stopped thinking about that for a while. But then when I was working, um, like working not too far from home and living at home and I was just kind of like, I have to do this for the next 40 years. And that's when I was like, okay, maybe it's time to do some more traveling. Venture out, yeah. And so I don't think it was a travel bug actually. I think it was more so just a way to not live uh, like a kind of conventional and like kind of boring life when we're in like the 21st century and like you can literally go well maybe not this year but you can go you know like to any country so why would I want to just stay within like a hundred kilometer radius well and I always remember you saying like you didn't love working within the confines of four walls because at that point in my career I was um you know, working corporate job where I would go to the office every day, which isn't what I do now. Yay! But I did then. And I remember you being like, I don't think I can work within the confines of four walls, like for the rest of my life. I don't remember saying that. Yeah. Yeah. You were like, I don't want to work a desk job forever. Okay. So let's go back to your original question. I was just curious what you know, when you think that you caught the travel bug or what that was, but you had said, you had asked me about, you know, did I think that you'd be gone for a year? Oh, no, I fully thought that you would go for a year and be back because that's what a lot of um, younger educated people do, right? As they just go get a taste of travel and food and experience life, but then want to come back home because that's what they know. So I think that you know, and you had a good job when you left here. Um, so I think that I was pretty sure that, yeah, you'd be home in here. Yep. And I was okay with thinking that. Maybe yeah. that just kept me, you know, kept me thinking like, oh, she'll be fine. It's just a year. <laughs> yeah. And I remember like my like friends had friends who had gone to like teach abroad sometimes for a year sometimes for two years and they were like oh yeah they loved it it was so much fun and now they're back home and I was just like why go hmm. to all that trouble of like moving abroad if you're just gonna end up like back where you started like and they were all, all my friends and everyone was kind of like oh yeah you'll you know a year or two and you'll come back and I was just like yeah yeah for sure but in the back of my mind I was like well I freaking hope not if all goes as planned I won't Mm -hmm. I get that. I get that because I love to travel. So I get it now. Yeah. So, yeah. so kind of, I guess on that topic, how do you feel now about me? Like obviously not having been home for like the last four years, like, well, I guess COVID I was home for a bit, but like nothing mm -hmm. like permanent and then kind of like in the future, probably nothing permanent. So how do you feel mm -hmm. Yeah, how do I feel about that? Well, you're my daughter and I'm proud of you. And so, 
you know, I, I think just technology being able to, um, I don't know, my philosophy as a parent has always been we raise our kids to be well-rounded, well-educated, and community-minded. And we want them to grow up and be able to take care of them themselves and, and to grow their own life. So I've always had that, you know, thought, that's just who I am, that it's okay that my kids are going to grow up and then leave. Um, I've never been one of those parents, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in my mind, I never wanted to be one of those moms that was like, oh, you can't leave, you better stay, I need you. And no, I've always really embraced that you and your brother, like do what's in your heart and go where you want to go. And I, you know, I don't, I've never wanted to be the kind of mom that would hold my kids back. So, um, you know, I think that, um, it's okay. It's okay with me if you stay abroad for six months or for six years or for the rest of your life. Hey, I love to travel. So wherever you're going to go, I'm going to come and visit you as soon as the pandemic, right? As soon as all except, of this is over. Except unless I'm in China. <laughs> um, no, not necessarily. But now that we have a mutual, right? My sister, your aunt lives in Paris, France. So it's kind of like, hey, Nick, I'll meet you over in France. So no, I, I'm okay with it. And I think opportunities like this where we can speak digitally or we can, you know, connect on WhatsApp or we can Zoom or whatever. And yeah, you were home during the pandemic, like all of a sudden, I never forget when, I'll never forget. I was just telling someone yesterday, I went for a walk in the neighborhood and they were like, how's Nicole? Where is she? I saw her at the mailbox. And I said, no, she's not here. She's gone back to, uh, to China where she resides. So I think that, um, you know, having you been able to be home a couple of times and be able to connect through Zoom and talk through WhatsApp and, you know, you're so awesome about staying connected and whether you do it because you want to talk or because you just know that I need to say hello and hear from you, either is perfect. So I'm okay. I mean, your question was, how do I feel if you don't live here? This, you know, this is a life where your dad and I have been, are happy living out in the middle of nowhere in rural Ontario. But I know that's not necessarily your path, whether now or ever. Um, and it's okay. I'm, I'm so okay with that. I really am. Yeah, and I feel like even if I lived in Canada, I probably wouldn't even see you that often anyway, especially now, but even just normally, like you just kind of can Zoom call anytime. Yeah. You know? Like maybe I'd so awesome. five times a year, even if I lived there. So yeah, I, I, I totally agree. You know, like even at Christmas time, we were all able to connect and there was more of us than would normally get together live. So yeah, you're absolutely right. The power of of the internet just allows us to be plugged in. And then I feel like I see you and I can blow you a kiss and tell you I love you. And for me, that's all I wanna be able to do. Okay, well, I think that is everything I had to ask you about going abroad. Is there anything else on this topic that you want to mention or talk about or how you felt about anything? 
Well, I think, um, no, I think I've covered it, but, you know, I hope that if you have listeners who are either, you know, older my age or, and have children, or if you're younger, you know, I think you just have to understand how each party feels, but not, I guess, the, you know, my message would be that if we hold our kids back from what they want to explore in life and what they want to do in life and where they want to be and things they want to try and places they want to discover, if we hold them back, then it doesn't really make us feel better. It, it makes them have regret. And, you know, I think that the world is a well-traveled place and there's systems in place. I remember when you met, one of the things I really wanted was for you to let the Canadian government know where you would be. And that would be regardless of which destination. I just, you know, there's systems in place to make sure that travelers are safe and travelers are accounted for. So, you know, as a parent, let's try not to make our kids feel bad when they decide to go overseas and live abroad and go somewhere else. It gives us the opportunity to let them, you know, um, fly to open their wings and soar, but also it gives us opportunities to travel and to go and see them and to meet them places. And, you know, I think that um, that in itself is a pretty exciting, we never want to squash our kids' goals and dreams. We want to enhance them and not let our fears or our inhibitions or our misgivings, you know, be put onto them because then they feel that and there's no reason for that. They're adults. And, you know, I, I just figured you went away and you went to school for years. You lived alone, you studied, you graduated, and then you went and got, uh, you know, more accreditation and more education. So, it, 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 you know, I just never felt it was my place to, to stop that, but it was my place to embrace that so that you could see the world. I've gotten to travel, and I traveled when I was young with friends, and it wasn't for work, but it still really opened my eyes up to what what the world had to offer. And I wanted to make sure that you have that. So I encourage any of your listeners to, you know, put the systems in place. You were so methodical about checklists and systems and requirements and like everything you needed to have in place. You didn't leave any stone unturned. You made sure that you handled it all. I didn't really even get involved. You were just like, I got this and I trusted that you really understood what you were doing as far as moving around the world. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like what you mentioned at the beginning of that, like even if you made me feel bad for traveling, I think I would still do it. I would just maybe feel bad about doing it while I'm doing yeah. it. It wouldn't like stop me from doing it, so. Yeah. No, but it would put, it puts, I think, like a, a false strain between a relationship of a parent and a child for a few years, right, until it becomes the normal. And that's the whole thing, right? Like now it's like fine. In the first year, it was like, oh my gosh, is she coming home? So you do get used to it. And I just sort of took it thought like, oh, it's like she's at university, right? You, I didn't see you all the time when you were at university. So you know, mm -hmm. yeah, you just kind of get used to it. And then you go, yeah, I guess it means I'm getting older because my kids are grown and they don't need to come home and live at home. So that's kind of part of the process of parenting. 
Mm -hmm. And then you get used to me going away and you cry less at the airport like this last time. <laughs> <laughs> what? Last time what? Like last time in uh, October, I feel like that was like yeah. the least amount you cried because it was just like, okay, like we know what she's doing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And that's interesting that you noticed that because I actually noticed it too, that I didn't... Um, I didn't like boo-hoo cry like a baby. I was just like, be safe, call me when you get there. I love you. And off you went. Yeah. And I didn't get to go in because of COVID. So I had to just like leave you at the car, which was kind of sucked, but maybe it made it a little bit easier on me to just be like, yeah, she's good. She's good. Yeah. You get used to it. Yeah. So you were saying, yeah, your thing was about like you would have gone anyways, but yeah, I never wanted to, I wouldn't want you to have to have a false sense of how you feel. So we're proud of you, Nick. Okay, well, I think that's all the questions that I have. And okay. that is good. That's a lot of good information, especially if you're a parent or if you're just thinking about going abroad. So I feel like that is very informative from a perspective that obviously I cannot give. Um, so before we wrap it up, why don't you talk a little bit about um, yourself during coronavirus and how your life has changed and a little bit about what you are doing now? Oh, so like me as me? Yeah, you as you. Yeah, okay, as an entrepreneur. Sure, just super quickly. So um, I did for many years, I had a nine to five, but during the coronavirus, um, you know, things changed in my world. I'm at an age when early retirement interested me. And uh, so I no longer have a nine to five career, but that really shaped me. So I own a business called Tasty Road Trips Food Tours. You can find it on social media, Tasty Road Trips through Instagram, Facebook, and online at tastyroadtrips.com. So I, um, I worked in the direct sales industry and had a large national sales team. And because of the success that I had in that industry, I earned some amazing trips around the world. And because I worked in the food space, um, those trips always included a food tour. And I got to learn about food tourism around the world and um, how important supporting local and eating local. And every time you eat at a local stall vendor restaurant, you support that community. So one day a few years ago, I had this realization that, oh my gosh, the community that I live in would be perfect for food tours. There's a bakery, there's a chocolate shop, there's wine, there's beer, there's fish, there's like everything, art, wellness, history, architecture. And I realized the elements of my community would be perfect for a food tour. So I started a food tourism business uh, three years ago and this month, uh, January of 2021. And um, it's been really successful, guided walking food tours and then driving tours and, you know, celebrating farmers and chefs and brewers and winemakers and artists. But what happened during COVID, because I could no longer actually tour people uh, in groups is I curated a self-guided tour model. So it's been really interesting because my business is more successful than ever. We're 
you know, growing into new communities. So Tasty Road Trips has become a local food and experience uh, adventure company where we give you an amazing itinerary filled with bells and whistles of eating and meeting and sipping and experiences. And people are absolutely loving it. And I've had guests come from all around the world to Paris, Ontario. And now we're going into other small rural communities in Ontario, rural Ontario. But I also am a coach. So I'm going through my accreditation for the International Coaching Federation accreditation for being a master coach. And so because of the experiences I've had as a national leader, as an entrepreneur, working corporate, I also teach at college. I, um, I'm a food writer for a food network for a lifestyle magazine. I started um, doing my coaching certification. And so I have a business and it's called Create Your Virtual Influence. And uh, I coach my niche areas are business, lifestyle, and leadership. Lifestyle, because we all work hard, but for what? You know, we work really hard in whatever industry or whatever business or whatever profession we're in, but we typically do it for some kind of lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of freedom away from nine to five, or it's a lifestyle for travel, <clears throat> or maybe it's a lifestyle to you know, like uh, live a nomadic lifestyle, like what is that lifestyle? So for me, business and lifestyle go hand in hand in leadership because uh, those who are typically in a entrepreneurial or a professional area have some kind of leadership needs. And uh, as a national leader experience, then I uh, bring that into my coaching as well. So it's been really exciting because coaching came organically, Nicole, through COVID, people reaching out to me in my networks, either my community network socially or in my geographical area to say like, hey, Jan, uh, can you help me with X, Y, Z? And so I was like, okay, you know, this is something I need to dive into. And so I've been working on that education and it's been, uh, it's been pretty cool. It's a year long uh, certification. So and halfway through it. Yeah, thanks for asking, but you can find, so createyourvirtualinfluence.com, find that same, create your virtual influence on social, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Tasty Road Trips as well. So I love food, I love community, and uh, I love really lifting other people up to do what it is that they are destined to do. Okay, awesome. So definitely, if you're interested in either of those, feel free to check her out, Tasty Road Trips or Create Your Virtual Influence. And thank you for coming on to the podcast for the first time. I'm sure yeah. once you think of another topic that we can talk about, then you can. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for having me as a guest, Nicole. This is a first for me and super cool. Um, I look forward to being a guest again. And you sort of inspired me that maybe podcasting is something that I should uh, share some of my insights and journeys as well. So thanks for lighting a fire under your mom. All right. So that was the episode for this week. I hope you got some good insight from that and that you could take away a lot if you're thinking about moving abroad or teaching abroad. 
and you want a different perspective, I hope that helps. Or if your parents are looking for some information, then this is definitely a good podcast episode to reference to them. And I hope that this helped you, brought some insight. If you have any questions, reach out to me on Instagram at nomaniques, and I will see you next week. Bye.